The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now to the news that's making the papers this weekend. With us is Alva Smith, campaigner, and Brianna Parkins, Irish Times columnist. And it is with Brianna's paper that we begin, uh, which is the Irish Times. And um, Alva, there's a, a, a story detailing what to some extent you would expect, but when it is put in black and white, it is bleak to read. And that is that inflation and the measures to try to control it are by a mile hitting the poor hardest. Yes, and did we ever doubt this for a moment? Sure, we know that it's sticking out a mile, but at the same time, as you say, it is really good to have this detail and this is from the the CSO the Central Statistics Office and they're basically saying that while you have an inflation rate generally nationally of something like 8.3% sorry of 7.9% or something like that that it's actually a whole percentage higher or more 8.3% for the poorest households and this relates to a thing called the CPI which is the Consumer Price Index and when you look at that that's really how much are you spending on your everyday living arrangements that the um, poorest households are paying have a, a CPI index of 90 over 19 percent whereas the wealthier households um, have uh, it's 16.9 percent so again two percentage two percent lower for the wealthier households and, and, this and is in really, real terms that, but that's very shocking actually it's very shocking and of course that stems from the fact that uh, poorer households are having to spend so much more on food and energy in particular but they break it down a bit further and I find this really interesting that pri- people who are living in private rental accommodation and those who are living in local authority rental accommodation so non-homeowners if you like they are suffering really badly so you see that it, it's sort of that their rate of inflation is much higher and it is also much higher and I notice this because this includes more uh, that single people without children now I do have a child but she's you know much grown up obviously and has her own kids and everything um, that, that they're suffering single people are suffering really badly and I've seen these figures coming up elsewhere as well because of course you're still paying to heat your home, you're still having to buy X amount of food and so on, but it's not shared between two, three, four or five people. But the bottom line is that we know that as soon as we have inflation and as soon as the cost of living rises, the people who suffer most are those who have least. And the the bit that really got me, my final point, is that while food and energy, major problems for poorer people, what are the problems for richer people? <laughs> Hotels and restaurants, if you don't mind. And the other thing, of course, Brianna, that, that impacts significantly and probably disproportionately on the poor is if you are indebted, you, the impact of the rising interest rates causes your debt service burden to increase exponentially. Whereas if you have assets, you're actually gaining because the asset value goes up. Yeah, I mean, this is the economics of uh, poverty and if you're working class you know this really well and it's that it costs a lot of money to be poor so if you don't have a large if you don't have access to large sums of cash um, where you can do things like pay for mobile phones up front instead of going on really expensive plans you can look at energy provider plans if you're going pay as you go you're often paying more money than on a direct debit if you are late with a payment you're going to be hit with a late service fee if you're overdrawn you're going to be hit with overdraft fees if you have access to money things get a whole lot cheaper. You can buy in bulk, you get discounts. When you don't have access to an asset or, again, liquidity, 
you are paying over the nose. Companies know this and they do this on purpose. So it comes as no surprise, you know, even with things like groceries, um, if you are time poor, if two parents are working really long hour jobs, it's very difficult to cook cheap, nutritious food in bulk. It's stuff like that. It goes way back into even family practices. So it isn't a case of, Poor people are bad at managing their money. It actually costs them more to live. There's a, a, a lovely um, piece in one of Terry, I think it's in one of his books, Terry Pratchett's books, where he talks, he uses the boot analogy for um, the expense of poverty. Yes. And he says, if a rich man buys boots, he buys 200 euro boots and they last 20 years. A poor man buys boots for 20 euro and has to replace them every couple of months. Exactly. And over the same period spends three times the money on an inferior product because you can't afford the expensive Exactly. Ones. And it's the same with cars as well and public transport. If you live in um, usually well-off areas, their public transport links aren't as good. They're then having to pay taxis and go through the nose. They might not have access to a reliable car because they're buying cheap secondhand bangers, which aren't cheap anymore. Look at the used car market. That's accelerated. It just feels like you And your insurance is more expensive because yes. the car is older. Your tax is more expensive because it's more polluting and everything else. If you live in an area with more crime, your tax also goes up. So you just can't get ahead sometimes. Now, the really depressing thing in all of this, Alva, is that it doesn't look like a solution is on the horizon because the reason that interest rates are being hiked so much is to get inflation to start to come back. It ain't coming back fast. No, no. I mean, certainly, I mean, I, I don't have the detail of that in front of me. And as you know, I'm no economist. But I mean, certainly, I think that we're looking at an inflationary period over the next, over the forthcoming years, let me put it like that. And with very, very little indication that there's going to be much help and support. However, I mean, I would say that it, it's really quite interesting Um that we are definitely suffering here in Ireland. But it is my sense from talking with particularly women in poorer households in the north of Ireland and in the UK that they, they seem to be suffering even more, which I, I find really quite but fascinating. The, the we wee bit of that, though, Alva, is interesting. I, during the week, um, Danny McCoy from IBEC, who is himself an economist, was on with Kieran uh, Cuddy on the uh, hard shoulder. And one of the stats that he had was that the average savings in uh, Irish households is €64,000. That's the average, which means while some people are suffering greatly, yeah. some people are loaded. Yeah, well, that, that's what I was saying, that we have this kind of cushion of prosperity, which is there at the base of, of, of Irish society, which is incredibly unequally distributed, despite the fact that we have relatively good distribution redistribution in our taxation system. But there is there is a lot of money here in this country. It is held by a relatively small number of people. But, you know, the bit I was saying there about private renters and those who are renting from local authorities and so on, being really hard hit by cost of living and by inflation generally. Homeowners, that is where so many of the assets in this country are at the present time. And of course, so many of us bought, I mean, I bought a house, what is it, like 40, 45, Jesus, I mean, I can't even remember, maybe even 50 years ago, not quite that, but almost. And of course, it's a very modest, very small, modest house, but it has gone up in value in ways that are, were absolutely unthinkable to me. So, you know, it's that kind of situation that we're cushioned by 
when I say we, I mean those of us who have money and the country as a whole. And the point is that Ireland is now, and we have to start saying this to ourselves, we are a wealthy country. We need to redistribute that wealth much more. Well, let's not understate it. We are one of the wealthiest the countries on wealthiest the planet. wealthiest country per capita in the world. Staying on the accommodation issues, because there's a lot to do with accommodation in the papers uh, this morning. On the one hand, accommodation for refugees and for those who are on the emergency accommodation list. On the other, to do with landlords and the exodus of landlords from the market and being at the front of the Irish Daily Mail. Rent hike boost for landlords to stem the exodus. Brian Mann, the political correspondent, is suggesting that landlords may have scope to avoid pressure zones. Yeah, I mean, it's this classic Irish government uh, sort of policy. It's actually really amazing to see this doesn't really happen in other jurisdictions. I've covered politics in three countries now. And I love this kind of way of running ideas up the flagpole with a little senior government link. And then we get a reaction to it. And then they sort of test the water and decide, oh, will we go ahead with that? Well, we won't. It's actually incredible. Um, but it's interesting to phrase, I'm seeing this, you know, private landlords exiting the market rephrased as, the rents aren't high enough and it's not profitable for landlords to stay in, which, you know, the rents are record high. I don't know how much more higher you can charge for rent anymore. Like, there's surely there is a cap where people are going to go, no, that's enough. People will leave Ireland and people are leaving Ireland now. But it's never reframed in a, oh, maybe we should reduce the tax burden on landlords. If you introduce negative gearing, now negative gearing is a system where if you're if you're renting out a property that is lower than your mortgage, lower than your cost, you can recoup that against your personal income tax. You can re- you can reduce your tax burden off your actual day job, and that's how they've kept rents lower in Australia for 20 years. Now it's had impacts of you know houses are really expensive to buy because if you've got three investment properties, you can just chain link equity out of the thing. They're trying to fix that now, um, but I love how the government never looks at oh, maybe we should actually reduce, take a hit to our own hip pocket and we could reduce the tax burden on landlords. It's like 40% on profits. I mean, you can't blame people for for wanting to also cash out their asset. The market's at record highs again. People were in negative equity and now coming out of negative equity. People aren't just leaving because of rental constraints. It's, It's much deeper than that. It's interesting to see the the dichotomy that we were discussing coming through in the text. Uh, one saying, what do your whinging contributors want? People that have little money, uh, have a little money to go round in sackcloth and ashes. Those that have a bit of money have worked damn hard to get it. And the guilt trip from the virtue signalers is another reason uh, to go out and spend and be Because hand in hand with that, with that we get, Anton, give me a break. Wealthy, we are all up to our eyes in debt. And that is, it. there's almost a right <laughs> 50-50 split from people saying nobody has any money and the other saying we have money and we should be allowed to spend it. I really love this, the thought process that I have worked hard for money and people who have money all must have worked hard. Nurses work bloody hard. Garbage men work really hard. We saw that in the pandemic, the people who kept this country going were people who put their bodies on the line and they were the hard workers. They're not the ones with all the money. The reason you have money is a combination of hard work, sure, but also luck and also your position in life. Text saying, don't begrudge people their hotel stays and dinners out. Most of these have studied hard, got good jobs and are (laughs) entitled to enjoy the fruits of their labor. But the thing is, we're not seeing that as much anymore, Anton. We're seeing people do what they're supposed to do. We see them going to university, paying their uni fees, coming out into low paying grad jobs of 40, 50, sorry, 40 if they're lucky, 20 to 40. They can't leave their parents' homes. That path of guaranteed success, that is gone. 
that is gone. Well, I think what annoys me is that as soon as you say, look, there is a very unequal distribution of wealth in this country, which is statistically, factually, materially and humanly and emotionally true, uh, people say you're whinging. That's not whinging. You know, to state the facts and to say there are other ways of organising a society and the way in which we organise our society works far better for part of the population than it does for actually what is slightly uh, the majority, you know, the, the majority of the population don't really benefit very well. So, you know, this notion that we're all whinging I mean, I may laugh and I may smile, but fundamentally it it means that we're, that somebody who makes that kind of comment is not looking at the picture in the round and saying to themselves, I'm doing OK, but what about the people down the road? What about the people over over there? And I, you know, by it, comparison, it, do we do that better than most countries, though? Or do we do we pay a greater attention to equality in both our taxation system and our general society? than most countries. Well, I, I don't know about that. I don't live in most countries. I live in this country and I, I don't think that we do it well enough in this country. So comparisons are, are not really relevant when you're talking about people's everyday lives. Or they're, they're not terribly, terribly helpful if you're the person who happens to be having to pay rent at the national average of something like €1,700 per month and €2,300 per month in Dublin. And if your salary is in the region of two and a half thousand per month, which is, you know, the reality for huge numbers of people in this country, including um, older people, by the way, who have spent their lives working very hard and so on and so forth. Um, obviously, the con- this, the economy is not working for these people. And we have actually accepted that we will always have a certain percentage of poor people. I don't accept that. I don't think we, we should run a country that way. Take saying everybody needs to understand that your house is not an asset. It is something you need in life. The only way to get equity out of your house is to downside or move to a cheaper place. This misunderstanding led directly to the 2008 crash and it will do again. But it is an asset for our children and I think that we have to bear that in mind and look at the, the our children. I'm talking about, you know, a child I have as well, will actually benefit and will, you know, be cushioned from future difficulties because of that. You mentioned covering politics in three um, countries, uh, Brianna. Taking a foreign, that this sounds pejorative, I don't mean it in that way, but taking an other's From your perspective, it, it, how do we compare in terms of that thing of over overvaluing the notion of the primary family home? Uh, I mean, it's we call it the Australian dream as well. It is, you know, our, we're exactly the same. Australians are obsessed by property. And when I was in America, it was obsessed, they're obsessed by property. Now, there is like conventional wisdom to that. If you're an older person and you're retiring on a very small fixed income, you don't want to be exposed to rental price increases. There's all this talk about, oh, the Europeans, they'll live in apartments forever. Very different rental laws. I don't want to hear that nonsense. But yeah, it is that, that essential thing of home ownership. It is it works that way for a reason. But yeah. that's why this makes this whole rental uh, increase situation really bad. We need rent control in this country and we need it to be firm. Alva, thank you. That's Alva Smith, campaigner. And before her was Brianna Parkins, Irish Times columnist and person catching me being racist on air. My apologies to her <laughs> and to everybody else. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.